wings, listen up. Today's run is vitally important to our cause. Set your frequencies to Dice Time, a Star Wars Legion podcast and part of the Legion Academy Collective. Your lead wing captain today will be Ben Gedron, and your support ship leader will be Paul Watson. Let's show them what we're made of, Rebels. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Dice Time. I'm Ben Jetron. I'm Paul Watson. And we are coming to you from the beautiful, lush, wonderful planet of, that's right, you guessed it, Jakku, because we're not done with sand. Paul, how's it feel to be back? I really wish we were done with sand. You know, I'm ready for a change of scenery. (laughs) We got a whole, we had a whole episode on Lothal. We, you, you messed up. You were on Hoth that one time, you know. I think, you know, We've, we've had enough. We can get back to, we, we can get some sand back in us. Literally back in us, right? The problem is getting it out. Oh yeah, you're right. Well, hopefully we should be able to, uh, once we get this job done, we should be able to kiss those sandy planets goodbye because I heard rumor that there is a downed, very rare ship here on Jakku in the ship graveyard that's been discovered. And, uh, hopefully we're going to be the first two scavengers to come across it. And I think. That might be the first checkpoint over there. So uh, get kick the, get the sand out of your boots. Let's go. All right. Pick up the go. tempo. Okay. And if I'm right around this corner. Oh, uh, Paul, it doesn't look like we're the only scavengers here. Why am I not surprised? Uh, hello. <laughs> Who's that over there? Hey, guys. It's Chris and Ethan. Hi. Hi, Chris. Hi, Ethan. You don't have any. Uh, you don't have any reason to shoot us, do you? Not at the moment. But there's right, always, cool. there always could be a reason. You never know. All right. All right. I'll take those odds. So for those of you in the community who know, this is uh, Chris Zenga and uh, his son, Ethan. And we've uh, we've invited them on the show today. We wanted to uh, steer a little conversation that we haven't seen that much in the community, at least, or at least I haven't, um, about the uh, dynamic between uh, parents and child uh, that are both in on the uh, Legion hobby. You know, uh, Paul, I don't know if you've seen all the posts I have in the on the Facebook group and everything of, uh, I always see these posts of like these, you know, parents that are talking about playing games with their kids, starting the community with their kids or uh, starting the hobby with their kids. And I always, I, I'm always like, so like heartwarmed to see that kind of stuff. I think it's just an awesome dynamic that I love to see. And it always gets tons of love from the community. And, uh, you know, I'm not a parent myself, but it makes me, it makes me excited for the future. Like maybe one day that can be me. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I'm with you. I, I really love seeing those posts when they pop up and, you know, my kids are a little younger, so can't really quite grasp the full game of Legion yet. But, um, like you, it gives me hope that, uh, maybe that's in my future one of these days. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Chris, uh, Ethan, for those of you who are, uh, for, for those of us out there that, uh, that don't know who you are, do you mind giving us just a brief little description, like who you are as far as like the Legion community goes? Yeah, for sure. Um, I have been around since day one or before day one, actually. I, uh, I was building terrain for the game the moment I heard about the game and, uh, really kind of got on board with all the socials early. Uh, made friends with, um, you guys and a lot of the guys from the Legion Academy crew. Uh, I made friends with the Fifth Trooper crew and kind of started just building those relationships and, and kind of being part of that original, you know, um, birth of the, 
of the of the community. Um, so it's uh, it, it's it's always been something that I've been part of, and uh, because my kids are the age, we're, we're, well, they're they're seventeen, fourteen, and eleven now. But when they were, you know, uh, fifteen, ten, and eight uh, ish. Um, we, I started them right away. The first tournament we ran, the first learn to play that I was, I was giving, uh, I had them involved and, and, uh, so they, they were, they were all there from day one to just kind of playing and learning and being part of, part of the, the whole world. That's and really I'm assuming, awesome. I'm assuming you guys were all Star Wars fans before that. Is that correct? Oh, oh yeah. I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm 40, 43. So I was uh, I was around for um, Jedi in the theater, but I was a VHS kid, right? So you know my dad had the original VHS copies, and we wore those things completely out. So it was my <laughs> my, my duty, absolute duty, to make sure that when the kids were born, we instantly got them as as uh, into Star Wars as possible. And Ethan can tell you, um, every room he's been in has had some kind of a Star Wars decal on the wall or in, in, the, in, in his current room. Uh, I've got all of my old 1997 through early aughts ships hanging uh, from his ceiling kind of in dog fights and stuff like that. So we, so we're, we're definitely uh, a house of Star Wars. So, so Ethan, let me ask you a question. So are you enjoying the new shows movies series everything that disney's coming out with uh yeah i've been liking it um recently i like it a lot um the shows have been like like i like the mandalorian but boba fett i didn't really like it wasn't my thing um the new show i didn't really um end up liking the first three episodes that are out and or is what it's called thanks dad um <laughs> but everything else like past that I, I quite enjoy he got me into it like the moment he gave me his old Wii U, he put in the first thing I ever watched on that was the first Star Wars movie. So <laughs> I've grown up with that, and now it's a big part of my life. That's awesome. That's just awesome. A, and, and just a quick reminder, Ethan, how old are you? Since your dad said how old he was. Yeah, I'm 14 years old. Cool. So when Legion started, you would have been 11? Yeah, put, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, we're going on year, year five now, is it? Uh... Four or five, yeah, somewhere in that ballpark. Yeah. Ethan Ethan has got a mind for for this kind of stuff. Like, I am, I, um, uh, well, again, we've all talked in our private chat, so you guys know that I get, I get, uh, worked up when, when I can't, uh, figure out the best, the best list to build, the best plan of attack. I, it kind of, it's a, it's a downside for, for me. (laughs) Uh, I, I get, I overthink it. Where, whereas I'm constantly saying to Ethan, let me check the rule book, and he'll say, it's this. And <laughs> if you tell him a rule, once, he will rem- he'll remember the rule. So for, for the most part, now I lean on, I lean on him, you know, when I, when I say, oh, this guy's got sharpshooter one, you know, he'll, he'll tell me what it is without me having to even look up the, uh, look up the rule. So I, I, I it's, a, it's, it's a literal, the, the, the student has become the master situation. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, because the um, I was gonna say that's also uh, for at least a, a plus in Ethan's direction. Being in since day one is a lot easier to uh, manage the rules because you only have to learn. You know, when the first game first came out, you only had like you know twenty keywords to learn, and then with each expansion, yeah. you only have to learn one or two more. So 
as they progressively come out, like, and we've talked about that before, like the dynamic of all the rules as if you start the game right now versus if you were there day one. So, I mean, yeah, so it's, it's, it's a better traction to uh, have been the longer you do it, the longer or the more, the more retention I feel like you kind of have for the rules as they start to, uh, as they start to come out. So yeah. Ethan, oh, were you, um, Oh yeah. No, I'm just going to pick up this piece over here. You say whatever this, you say whatever you were going to say. No, I, I, I was just going to say that uh, Ethan, um, from a very young age, he, like, again, because of his just affinity for retention of the rule set, when I would go and do learn to plays, um, we were very lucky. Our community is quite, quite strong over in this neck of the woods, and, and uh, we'd have maybe three or four tables set up, and I couldn't uh, really run back from one table to the to the other, so... When we were doing the learn to plays, Ethan was actually co-hosting and teaching people how to play the game because he was he was so invested when it first came out. He was able to take that knowledge of that core, you know, twenty keywords and core rule set, and and help other other kids learn. And he brought uh, he brought a lot of kids into the community because they were, you know, um, they were kind of drawn towards him and his table and having someone their age teach him the game so he's been he's been really really kind of um more more involved in helping the community grow and, and less than just just passively being in the community you know that's awesome that sounds like a really proud dad moment i would i would think absolutely absolutely <laughs> so do you guys like, like share your stuff together like do you guys kind of pool your, we were talking about it a little bit before the show but do you guys like pool all your stuff together do you have separate stuff like this is dad's this is ethan's you can't these are mine these i I painted these or these are my units or do you guys kind of share everything ethan doesn't really doesn't really hobby but he enjoys gaming uh, of any kind board tabletop, video game so so i'll 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 invest in the miniatures and i'll invest my time into into painting them and then he'll he'll invest his time into uh into um using them using <laughs> using them exactly <laughs> well then ethan follow-up question for you how often do you have to tell your dad i need this painted for our game i need this done usually um if i ever want to play someone i just say can you paint this i want to play with him and he'll be like yeah sure so he'll paint it like within the next two days and uh, then we play okay that's pretty good that's pretty good turnaround time do you guys ever play with unpainted stuff, or is that like an unwritten rule? Like it has to be painted to be on the table. I would say that's an unwritten rule. You never let us play with it when it's unpainted. No, I, I think <laughs> I think the only time that I can recall, and it was just recently, is I had a second do back in the box that I I just never got around to painting, and I. I just had a wild thought of running two do-backs, so I built the thing and then said to Ethan, come on down, let's see how this how this plays. And and for that one round or two, the do-back was unpainted. But then when the game ended and he went to bed, I went upstairs and painted the do-back. So it didn't it didn't stay unpainted for very long. But that's <laughs> the only real time I can think that an unpainted mini um got, played. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I'm I'm I, I, I'm a big fan of if you're going to do something like this, if you're going to play a game like this, you're trying to create your stories and create your own adventures and you're trying to escape 
you know, nine to five job and school and taxes and, 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 you know, paying bills, you're trying to escape all of that. So when you, when you get to the table, you want to make the pew pew sounds and you want it to look and feel, you know, you want it to look and feel like it's, it's something that you're, that you can immerse yourself in. That's why I, I'm big on the terrain and I'm, I'm big on trying to create this an, an environment where, where you're not, you're not in the basement. You're not in the game room. You're, you're on some planet far away and you're, and you're actually in this, in this battle. So I think that painted minis are, are, are a must, at least for, 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 um, you know, so you don't break the, break the, um, uh, the, the immersion. That's, that's my two cents. Taxes are adult problems. Yeah, tax, fair enough. <laughs> Just keep enjoying that while you're young. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah, I quite do. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah. I mean, uh, it's been a while since like the the games obviously started and all that. It's been there's been a lot of games that have uh, happened over the course of all of that. You guys have had a lot of history, years off and on playing the game. Just like as a general, and this is going to feel very open ended, but just like, how do you feel like this has been as like the father son kind of bonding together exper- experience, like overall. Is it like the hobby itself? I mean, you guys said you didn't do the hobby so much together, so much as you played together, but like kind of just in a general sense, like how has that felt for you guys? I mean, I think we're, um, our family dynamic with all of our kids is we are really big on, on, you know, tripping together and, and, uh, we love, we love Disney and doing Disney together. We love movies and all of my kids kind of love a certain type of movie. And we're really big on doing these things together and experiencing these things together. When, you know, Star Wars hits the theater, all, all five of us are going to the theater. And, uh, so we, we are, we are at its core that kind of family where we, we, we do these things together. And, uh, and th- this is just a natural extension. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a game, which we already game together. It's Star Wars, which we already Star Wars together. Um, and, it, and it's, um, it's, it's really an opportunity to just kind of further the, the, the family dynamic. And, and that's, that's from a parent side of things. Like, I think, I think at the end of the day, there's a fine line between, you know, loving your kids and wanting to spend time with them, but your kids can't really be your friend because you still have to be their parent. Right. So this is, this is a nice way to kind of, you know, put down all of those rules, get to the table, toss some dice and Ethan can talk smack and I can talk smack. (laughs) And, and, you know, even though it's still father, son, there's a definite competitive smack talk uh, nature. and, And it's, it's as if he was, Anybody else in any tournament just having a bit of good good natured ribbing, you know, and, that, and that's 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 my perspective. I don't know how you. Yeah, I think it's fun because well, you you work again nine to five job. You're busy. You have to come home and cook. So when we ever get to spend this time to play together, I really think it's a fun time where we can just both relax and do something we both like. That like, and you spend so much time painting and all this, so you also get to take pride in this, and I get to like watch you have a glowing face when we're playing with this. There it is. That's it. I, I like that. I like that perspective because it's really interesting. Uh, you know, your take on what your what your dad is like, right? All the things that he does, and 
Um, that, that's really awesome for you to say, and I I, I bet it makes him proud <laughs> uh, to hear those things. Oh no, so. it, it's 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 nice when it's uh, you know my, I I think as a parent you you say to your kids like you you don't understand but you will or you don't know what we have to do or you don't know what it what it costs to do this and and you know I I and they don't know a lot of times they just don't understand what things entail and when when he says you work all day, you come home and then you make dinner. Um, I, I do all the cooking in the house. So, you know, you come home, you make dinner. Mom, mom helps them with the homework because she's a teacher. So she's the, she's the brain. So I leave that to her and I do, I do other things around the house. And he's, he, he is aware of all these things that are happening around him. Um, laundry is done. Food is made. Um, you know, the house is cleaned. He, he gets where he needs to be. So for him to say, like, I appreciate that moment that we can just both take a break from our, our lives and have some fun. It's, um, it's nice to hear because it, 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 it shows me he's, he's aware and he understands what actually goes on in the world and that, that you need to stop and make time to do things like this. Um, and, and, and it's important, it's important to do that. So if he, if he knows that this free time doesn't come arbitrarily but you have to work for it set aside time for it uh work a nine-to-five job to make the money to have a bit of extra spending cash to buy these minis like it's all it's all part of the journey to get to the table um so it's definitely it makes me proud to know that he understands what what goes into those hour or two couple times a week of father-son time you know yeah Yeah, i was gonna say that's really awesome I was going to say, it's awesome to hear like how much you both enjoy that. Cause I think too, you know, as a parent, it's one thing we always, we're always trying to, you know, do what's best and show our kids the way. And we hope that some of it might sink in at some point. <laughs> and, you know, it's really awesome to hear from both of your perspectives, some of that coming out, right? Like, you know, we're teaching, we're trying to teach healthy coping mechanisms, right? For our lives. Listen, I'll I'll tell you this, and you guys from our our time with the academy, you know this better than anybody. Um, if you roll dice like I roll dice, and you don't have good coping mechanisms, you are going to be in a dark place for a lot of your life. Well, even better recently when we got to play, I got all like shitty stuff on on the red die. You got everything on the white die. So this this is true. I have been getting better rolls, but it, it's it's definitely uh, it's a teachable moment, and it's more of a do as I say, not as I do, because I definitely want to Francis the table a lot. <laughs> <laughs> when, I'm playing, when I'm playing this game, uh, but, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I try to, I try, I try to keep it in check as often as possible. Well, that's really awesome, and yeah, and just piggybacking off of what Paul said, like I, I really, I, I think that's really uh, awesome and mature of you, Ethan, to give that kind of perspective and to see that kind of stuff going into it. And if you, uh, if you grow up that fast, be careful, you're going to start paying taxes soon. <laughs> Listen, I hope to God that's not true. <laughs> it's just an inevitability, but you can avoid it for a bit longer. <laughs> Let me enjoy playing ball outside and going biking with friends for a bit longer. Yeah, you, yeah. you gotta, yeah. You gotta as long as you can, bud. <laughs> <sighs> All right, we'll break. Let's break this up with a little bit of just uh just some just some quick little cues I have in here. Um, uh, Z- uh, 
Yeah, I'm forgetting names. Ethan. Ethan first. I was going to say Zenga, and then I'm like, I guess that's both of you. Uh, Ethan, <laughs> Ethan first, then Chris. Uh, favorite faction that's available in the game right now? Uh, I think it's probably going to be the Bounty Hunters, because I think, like, how my dad at least paints them, they look awesome, like, super dope. And I think how he uses them, in, like, for strategy, I think it's just a, a cooler way that you're going to be able to, like, adapt it to the game. That's cool. what I think. How about you, Chris? Favorite faction? Oh God, I, 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 this is some Sophie's Choice shit right here. But I, I, <laughs> I really, I really feel like my heart is always, always going to be Empire. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's where I started, and I'm a mm-hmm. huge Palpatine fan just in, 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 in general. Um, but like we were saying before we started to record the episode, um, I bought into the Syndicate, and I've been playing. Uh, this, um, this, uh, kind of, uh, Bosk, Cad Bane, Pike, Black Sun mixed, you know, list right now. And there's just, um, man, the rule of cool. It's got, the, it's just so, so cool. I, I mm-hmm. can't, I, I didn't think anything would take my love away from the Empire, but just having these guys on the table, they were a blast to paint. I had so much fun painting every single faction. It didn't feel like batch painting. It felt really, really good. So I definitely got. Um, I, I got to go with Ethan. My, my my love right now is just is is the new syndicate stuff. See now, I've re- see anyone that was wondering why I asked Ethan first and then Chris was because Ethan's answers are all going to be prepared. Chris is still thinking about it by the time Ethan's done it. <laughs> yes, that is 100 percent right. <laughs> so I'm buying him time. Yeah, so uh, favorite unit that's in the game doesn't have to be in the favorite faction that you mentioned, but like, what is probably your favorite unit that you've played in the game right now? Um, I actually don't know this one. Well, it can be a figure. It could be a mini. Like, oh, there would be. Uh, I think it has to be. What is it? Um, uh, Luke. Because I, I just love how, oh. like, lightsaber throwing and everything, and that's who I mainly play. So I just think Luke looks awesome, and because I use him in so many of my, like, so many of, like, when I play, I use him all the time. I just got to know him so well that I, like, memorized everything that he has. You also do, like, playing Padme because she hands up those dodges oh. to everybody. Oh, yeah, Padme also, because I just screw my dad over, because she just gives dodges <laughs> and aims to everyone, and then I just screw him over and over and over. Ethan is a token junkie, and any, any, <laughs> any character he can get his hands on that, that has a keyword of, uh, within range one, give those units dodge, or whatever, that he loves that stuff. And I mean, it's, it's good lot. stuff. Yeah, for sure. So that's a, uh, so that's a Republic player, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> although, uh, although good practice getting uh, getting tons of work with Luke because he's not a uh, he's not a slouch. No, not at all. Not at all. How about you, Chris? Um, man, I bought you all that time and everything. <laughs> it, it, it's it's it, it, this one. This one is a hard tie. I, I I'm gonna say okay. My favorite one is Palpatine. Full stop. Um, yeah. He. If he gets close enough, he will make your day miserable. The, um, what is it, now, now You Will Die card is just, it's stupid. It's just stupid. <laughs> and especially if you're playing a skirmish where there's not a lot of guys on the field. Oh, you yeah. get him in there, and you now now you'll die, and you will die. Everybody will absolutely 
die. So he is by <laughs> far my favorite miniature ever. Um, honorable mention definitely goes to Death Troopers because there's just there's something about when they came out at the time, they felt very OP. I know that now the game has progressed to a point where they're they're not as badass. Um, they're not as badass as they were because there's more available to, uh, you know, counter them and fight back and throw dice back at them. But I still feel like having Krennic and two sets of uh, Death Troopers on the table is just it's just intimidating. I don't know if it's all the black. I don't know if it's that they're larger mini than the other ones. I don't know what it is, but there's something about that wave of Death Troopers marching at you that um, uh, I, I think maybe playing against newer players might have a little bit of intimidation factor. Um, s- similar to playing against tanks. If you don't have any vehicle experience and you see, you know, double saber tank or double, um, you know, and, and double any vehicle, really, uh, I think it's intimidating to see that on the table. I think death troopers do that similarly that, in the same way. I, I was going to say I agree just because death troopers are very uh, fearsome looking. Also, my favorite trooper. Uh, or my favorite Empire Trooper, I should say. Yeah. Um, they uh, they definitely hold. Uh, well, you said like they they would probably be intimidating for new players to come across. I would argue they're also intimidating for players who have played the game since the beginning or since they came out as well, because of the reason you said when they first came out they were they they were like the the hotness they were the meta they were yes. so scary because they were so good and Pathfinders, which were supposed to be their mirror. We're so not. Yeah. <laughs> so they uh, definitely they definitely ran the table for a little bit of time there. So that can th- that'll definitely bring the uh, the PTSD out of anybody who's like, oh crap, <laughs> I remember you. Yeah. <laughs> and and it's it's cool because I think I think um, we were talking. It, it was um, I guess the last the last uh, world. So I guess it was Adepticon where we we saw stuff on that on that live stream that. Like someone brought triple FD cannons. Like what in the hell? Like we, we're, <laughs> we're seeing things now that are that are 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 clearly showing that it doesn't matter what you think the meta is. There's enough miniatures available to the the people at large that you can expect to face off against anything. And I definitely think the rule of cool is is absolutely in play now. Now more than ever because. Um, I don't know. I, I don't. I can't. Ex- I can't even give you a good example of why it's happening. But it used to be this kind of thirteen act, twelve act, naked stormtrooper, Darth Vader, like you know, type list, and it, it was it was boring, but lots of dice being thrown, and and it was the most efficient way to win. And now I see people winning with things that would have been like people. People were like getting laughed at if they brought the. Um, uh, what do they call the air the airspeeder? The T forty seven. T forty seven. Yeah, people were like, like people couldn't not believe that would ever in a million years make it onto a table, and and it was like a running joke in the community about the T forty seven. And like I said, someone brought three FD cannons. So look how far we've come as far as yeah. what the what the community feels that that they they believe they can win with, or at least they're making the attempt to play with something. That would not be your bread and butter gun line or na- naked trooper multi act um, line. It's just it's it's um, I, I think it's 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 um, uh, inspiring might not be the right word, but it's mo- motivating. It's motivating for me 
to get back into the scene and play play tournaments again, knowing that I'm not going to walk into a game of the exact same list doing the exact same thing because that's the new meta. I don't I don't know. You can correct me because you guys are way more in the tournament scene than I than I've been. But I don't. Oh like well, you know. <laughs> I don't know if I'd say that. <laughs> I, I, just, I I just don't know that the meta. I don't know that the meta matters. That we should hashtag that. The the the, the, the does the meta matter? Oh, I now you're on the right. Show. Now you're on the right show. <laughs> I, I, I don't I don't know that it does. I I, I don't uh, I I really don't know. After seeing that Adepticon, I I don't know that people are concerned so much with. Um, let's all bring the same stuff and let our dice do the talking. I think I think we're seeing this kind of resurgence of. Wow, this is a really cool model. I put a lot of effort into into building it. It was really hard to build. It was a difficult model to build. I want to show it off. I want to impress everyone. Like, hey, look, I achieved this build. I achieved painting these small little pilots inside the uh, the the latch or whatever that accomplishment is. I think more more of us are looking to get those things on the table to kind of just show off, show off what we managed to achieve artistically. Yeah. And, and that, that has nothing to do with, um, with meta. And again, I, I, I can't speak on it cause I haven't been to tournaments since really the well, pandemic, but I feel this is, this is a thing that's happening, you know? Well, I was going to say, we could speak to it a little bit just because I know Paul and I have each won uh, events with lists that were like unique, like no one else was running this kind of list uh, at the time. And, uh, Neither, I don't think either of those we could say have happened super recently, but that's always been something that even in the time of the meta, you could still bring, you can still bring something that is completely unheard of to, to other people and you can, you can go all the way with it. Not even just say that you could do well with it. You could go all the way with it if you know, uh, what you're facing and you know, what kind of stuff you can expect and if you build the right kind of stuff with the stuff that you love. Um, you know, you can you can face off and uh, square off against the best of them because yeah. uh, Paul and I love the uh, the elements of surprise. Yeah, and, and I, I don't again. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to put words in anybody's mouth, but like I, I I can only imagine someone like like Luke, for example, who's who's you know been been the world champion for so long and played all the different variations of the game there is to play. I can only imagine that that someone like that playing at that level would would have uh retained interest in the game when he knows he could be staring down the barrel of something that he's never played against or he hasn't played yet or his dad hasn't hasn't played against with like I, I think I think that that you know from a from a, a professional gaming standpoint, you want to keep your pros in your game. You want to keep the guys playing at the highest level you want to keep them playing at the at, at the highest level, and and I think you need them to to feel excited to come back and uh, and 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 go. Oh wow, I might I might. What what did, what did Evan bring to Adepticon? Like a lat with Vader in it? Like, yeah. What the hell? <laughs> like like that must have been just awesome and horrifying the first time he dropped that, that, and he went to the finals with that with that thing, and that that's like I I think. Again, not speaking for the community, but I think that that's the kind of stuff that'll keep the elite players in the community, fighting in the community, creating better players playing against them um, because it's so it's so the table landscape is so unique now 
um, that, that you just you want to be at every tournament. You want to be playing more and more and more and wondering, oh, what's what's gonna you know, are, are you know, what, what are we going to see triple of today? Like, what, what's what's going to come across <laughs> my 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 battlefield? So, um, I think it's all good. I think it's 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 healthy. It's really healthy right now for the for the community. And not to linger on this uh, this one too much longer, but I think battle forces also do a wonders for that as well because it brings back units that like nobody's really using in huge force, like the Blizzard Force. You know. How many snowtroopers do you have painted up before Blizzard Force dropped? Probably one to two. Uh, now you need like four of them, you know, to make your Blizzard Force list. It's like, you, or maybe you had four of them beforehand, and now you're like, awesome! I get to get all of them on the table. I'm so excited for this now. Oh my and gosh! I yeah, once so, we get all that stuff out, I have so many snowtroopers. Snowtroopers are my absolute favorite core unit They're because. The the flame trooper with with spray, um, steady steady was a game changer when you could move, take a little pot shot and move back into cover. Oh my gosh, I, I, I'm not I'm not a strategist. You know that I'm that's I'm not really big on on game strategy. But just that simple that simple word steady changed the entire landscape of how I was able to move my core units around and then mm-hmm. back without getting, without getting shot at. And I think it's, 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 um, it's cool that these little, that, that, that the, the, um, the snow battle battle forces are going to bring some more, some more love back to that, that type of play again. You know, again, what, what's old is new, keeping it exciting. It, it all, it all goes back to that, keeping it exciting. I think I hated when you played like that because you had like two things of snow troopers, two things of death troopers, and then you had Palpatine and someone else and you would just push me all at once and I couldn't do anything <laughs> to defend myself. And I, and that's the only time you could ever beat me. Yeah, they do, they do feel if you get close enough, death troopers, snow troopers, short troopers, Palpatine do feel like a wave of dice coming at you, you know? Yeah, certainly. Yeah. Uh, so now, so Paul, Ethan, help me out here. I'm hearing it both ways. Does does Chris love to think about? Does he does he nonstop think about his advance and his and his tactics, or does he not? Because now I'm hearing it both ways now. Um. So he doesn't really think about it. All he says is, "I'm going here," but doesn't think more than two moves ahead. So he'll make ah, a move, a good and balance. I'll be like, yeah, because I, I, I'm a strategist. I think, like, five moves ahead. So he moves. I, I, I'm thinking of what he's going to do. I predict it. I'm most of the time right, and that's how I win. Ah, it's, the, it's, the strateg- <laughs> <laughs> it's the uh, strategist play style, whereas uh, I, can't, I was going to say now it, it's players like Ethan that I sometimes worry about, but then sometimes don't. Because uh, my play style is pretty much the opposite of Ethan's. Uh, I am a reactive player, where I where I'm just like, okay, you're doing this. I'm just waiting for the opening. I'm waiting for the slip up that I can capitalize on. But uh, I don't. I uh, tend to roll in like a like a Han Solo, where I'm like, you know, what's the plan? <laughs> let's just <laughs> yeah. throw our, let's just throw our uh, our best foot forward and. Uh, if the enemy slips up, try to capitalize on it. But otherwise, just, uh, just go for it. <laughs> I, I feel it's like a, we... Oh, go ahead, Paul, go ahead. I was just going to say, I feel like uh, 
Ben and I match the two of you there a little bit, and I'm <laughs> a lot like Ethan, and Ben's a lot like you, because <laughs> I feel like that's that's the way our games go too. I am planning out the entire game before I even put a model on the table, and <laughs> then I sit down from someone who's like, "Well, and I'm gonna wing it." <laughs> I just don't. I I don't. Um, I don't really have the the acumen for 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 strategy games. So my my approach has always been what's the biggest and the baddest let's get it in your face round one round two and hope that that's enough because i don't i don't really have the the game sense to think about okay now i really gotta wait till the fourth round before i blah 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 i can't think yeah. that far ahead <laughs> I, I i don't I don't know that I'll make it that far ahead. Maybe it's a confidence thing. I'm not confident that I'll make it far enough unscathed to drop the you know proverbial bomb on my opponent. So if if I can, um, I I go for the gusto right out of the gate and and just hope it serves me well. Well, for me, because I got there's two ways I played the game as a strategist. When I play my father, because I've, I've known, I know how he plays. I've played him so many times. I play super aggressive because I know what he's going to do. He just, he pushes me at the beginning. So if I can get like around him, I'm fine. But when I play new players and like new, like, um, like a new, like, what is it? A new, like, faction. New faction uh, against people. I usually play more defensively. So I see what they're going to do and then I try to counter whatever they do. That's mm. how I think. Very, uh, very fluid. So just getting kind of back to this, like, dynamic that's kind of going on. Uh, so I tend to I, – I was telling – or I was just saying earlier, you know, we see all these posts of, like, fathers and sons or or fathers and daughters, uh, you know, all the uh, parents and children in general um, that are sharing the hobby together, whether they're, whether they're playing or painting or both. Um, and I've seen people that have – I've seen, you know, other, you know, much like yourselves, I've seen other parents and children that are getting into the hobby at the same time, but like recently, like right now. Mm-hmm. And I think that's such an awesome dynamic that, um, you know, should be celebrated. I think it's just really cool. Do you have any like kind of recommendations or any, anything for uh, any other, maybe there, maybe there's a parent out there who's like, you know, I'd like to get into this with my kid or like, oh, you know, my kids would really like this. Maybe I'll get it for them. Maybe I'll help them out a little bit with their stuff and kind of let them fly. But, uh, you know, do you have any kind of recommendations? And, and Ethan, this is a question for you, too, maybe, uh, you know, just to see to get every perspective on this from your guys's dynamic um, for any uh, parents and kids that are wanting to maybe get into the game together or, uh, you know, anything they should have in mind going into that kind of uh, going into that kind of investment. I, th- I think the first thing I would say, if anybody is is listening now, that's that's brand new, uh, or or maybe finding the podcast, and then and then kind of from from this going to the game, um, get get to your local game store, find one that you like, support them, uh, get them to um, get invested in the game, get them to have learn to play nights. You, you gotta you gotta get your hands on the game. I I can't even. I can't even tell you how many times we've done a learn to play and guys have come out who were on the fence and while they're walking out of the store, pick up a core kit 
and 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 buy it and and, and bring it home. And I, I think that the 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 aversion for some people might be any number of things. I, I'm nervous to go out to take my you know take your first steps into a larger world, if you will. I'm nervous to get into a community of people I don't know. I'm nervous that I'm not going to be good enough. Oh, I'm nervous that I'm not going to be as well-versed in painting. And when I bring up my models, you know, maybe people are going to like snicker at me because the model painting quality isn't there. This is, this is false. These are not things that happen in a healthy community. And um, you, you just need to, Get you and your kids out. Get them. Um, I, 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 now, with that said, this is a lot of pre-pandemic talk when I say things like getting out. But I, I think we're getting back to it now, at least yeah. here in in, in 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 where we are in 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 Toronto, uh, uh, Canada. Um, we're really getting back to things now. Um, and and I I think for me that is that is the best advice that I can give as as a parent who's teaching. Get to the local game store, get some reps in, play skirmish, play smaller games, get the, get the, just the nuance of the game, throw some dice, make the pew pew sounds, imagine you're five years old again, do the Darth Vader breathing with your hands over your mouth, like do, have all those (laughs) fun, like sound effect moments and just remember what it's like to be, be a kid again. Uh, that that's the best thing I can say to get started. Because once you get that, once you're in, you realize that wow, these this community is now a community of friends. Once you realize the the the, the, the how how broad that is and how big your friend group now becomes once you join you know these social media groups and and, and become part of it. Once you feel like it's it's something that you belong to the rest will come. And even if you never win a game or never win a tournament or never get a world's invite, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. You just got to get out there and, 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 and roll, get out there and, and just roll some dice and have some fun. And that, that's my angle from a, from a parent. For me as a kid, what I would say is cause I, what happened for when I started to play, he came to my room saying it was a week advance before it was um, a learn to play. He said, want to come with me to a game shop, I think it was Green Goblin, and you want to play? And I said, sure. So we went and we spent the whole day, and it was so much fun. I think, um, as a kid, if you're, if I'm a parent or, or the adult that you want to go play with them, if they come to you want to spend time with you, most kids, I think, if you guys both enjoy, would want to play. Um, and to also add on to what my dad said about, like, nobody would make fun of you, I think... We're all nerds just trying to enjoy some Star Wars. I don't think anybody's going to care if it's not the same color. I think we all just want to play, have some fun, and grow as a community. Absolutely. Yeah, that's awesome. It's a good tape. Yeah. Yeah, I will say, um, but just in our local community, I would encourage, you know, parents, if your kids are into it too, to, you know, take them out there like, like both these guys are saying here. Um, in my local community and Ben has met and played with these individuals as well. Um, we have, uh, a, a young man who I want to say he was like eight, nine when the game yeah. first started. Oh yeah. I know um, who you're talking about. And has been coming out with his dad. And I will tell you right now, he, I, I don't know if he 
every event that he comes, I think he has won best sportsmanship every single time that That's he comes awesome. out. And he has, he's such he's a joy really to good. Yeah, he's really good. Um, <laughs> Not just best sports, but he's also like really good. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's awesome to play against. Yeah, it was, and it, it's just awesome to have him part of the community and watch him grow and learn every time he comes out. Um, and it's just, it's a joy to have that. I think sometimes people get a little nervous, like, oh, if I bring my, my kid out, like, are, you know, are these other adults going to not appreciate them coming out? And, yeah. Yeah. you know, there, there is that level sometimes. And, and some people are like that, but I think overall, most communities are going to be very welcoming and understanding of, you know, different play levels, right? Like I said, I think he was eight when he started. So like that's, that was really young to be playing, oh, a, yeah. you know, a full war game, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. multiple hours, a whole day long, like, but you know, it's been, it's been awesome to have them as part of the community. So I, I completely agree. Get out there, you know, meet new people, play some games and, you know, skirmish wasn't around when the game first came around. Right. So skirmish is a great way to do that. Right. Cause you can play, you know, a game in an hour, hour and a half and, and then well, be done. So yeah, I, I was, I was faking it. Like, you know, um, I'll, I'll, I'll touch on this real quickly is I, I was faking it and I was, I was setting up tables with Luke and two rebels versus Vader and two star trooper units. Like literally it was, it was three on three. And, and we were doing that way before skirmish was even a word in our collective vocabulary. Cause that was the best way for them to go. Okay. All I need to worry about is the data on three cards and you could pick it up and you could read it and you could read it again and read it again and read it again. And no one was going to, no one was going to tell you to speed up or whatever it was. And all you had to do is get the hang of three units, two of them being cores. So they worked, um, the exact same. So you only had to really understand two units. And then by the third game, we brought in an RT and some bikes, uh, just so they could learn things like compulsory and, 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 and things like that. And, I, I think that, that that's the way to go is start really, start really small. And, uh, and, you know, for the, for the community at large, uh, I, I've never experienced this. So, you know, I, I, I assume it, this, this happens everywhere, but everyone should want kids to come to tournaments because oh, yeah. that's how your game will survive. Those Absolutely. Kids playing when, they're the when future. You, they're the future. Like it, <laughs> it sounds so cliche, but, but you need to get those kids playing because, uh, and I know this is a Legion podcast, but like if they walk away from Legion and walk into Crisis Protocol, Battle for Middle Earth, Warhammer, if they walk into some other interest, you've you've created that spark and you've got them to go into an, a, a game store and play more miniatures games. And if it's not your game, that's cool. Let them find their own game. But you you need that young blood to 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 come in and and uh, and and play and and I brought Ethan to every tournament. I signed him up as a player. He played against guys three times his age. There was no quarter given. There was none asked. Um, <laughs> if, if, if there was if there was rules questions, they would always oblige him. But they would treat him as an opponent and play him as an opponent. And by the third tournament or so. About a game. He was winning. Uh-huh. Ethan, Ethan was winning because they didn't treat him like a child or they didn't look at him as a guaranteed win. 
And that's when the shift happens, when they don't see an 11, 12, 13-year-old and go, ah, that's a W for me. It's not. And, 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 and no one ever thought it was. And it was really nice to kind of see this um, acceptance of a child, but treating him as an equal on the, on the battlefield. And, and that is something that, for, you know, just to go back to your last question, you know, moms and dads, you will see this. You can bring your child and it's okay that you're not playing at the same table. Don't worry about it. Let them be. Let them be on their own. Let them experience a game without you there. Let them meet new people. Let them lose. Let them get beat hard because it'll just build the character and they'll want to come back and get that, get that victory. And there's no safer place, um, that I can imagine than a, a, a group of, a group of guys just like us all wanting to have fun and, 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 and kind of create memories and build camaraderie. That's a big thing with me also because we went to a tournament with, I think Luke's still the world champion of the Legion. Yeah, he was. And, we, yep. and I was playing, I versed, I think, three guys, and I won two of them, but I lost one. And I was versing Luke. And I, I, I thought I was getting a bit cocky, like, let's see how well I can do. I got my ass beat to a pulse. You <laughs> know. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I keep on wanting to play because eventually I want to play him again, and eventually I want to win against him. How many? How many kids? That's are a noble gonna, ambition. How many kids are going to go up against a world champ and say, "I got a shot just like you did"? <laughs> I thought I, had, I thought I had a good shot. I, I was a cocky kid, and then I get my ass beat, and I never forgot. And the next game I played against my da- the next game I played was against my dad. And I could not think about our game. I was just reviewing me and his game. <laughs> I remember it. I was going to say, that's a haunting experience to play against a champion and be like, dang. That's a, I was going to say, that's a tall order for you, but, uh, you know, I wish you luck in that. I don't, I don't have my ambition set that high. I don't know that I need to <laughs> go fight the world champion. I'm not even brave enough. Well, the, pro- the problem is, is that we, we, we've known the cooks for a long time and, uh, they're, they're just good people. So, uh, oh, yeah. as, as intimidating as the, uh, the thought of playing the world champ is, you know that deep down inside that, that world is, is, is a good guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know? so. Well, the reason I also loved that tournament was a special thing for me because this is when I fell in love with Legion. It was once after I got my ass beat by him because then I said I want to beat him again. That's what I wanted to play. But at the end of the night, I could I didn't win. Like I didn't get onto the bracket to win a prize, but my dad did. And he, and he said, you get to pick the prize. So I came home with a Funko Pop of Kylo Ren fighting oh. – um, it was one of those red troopers fighting the what? What? what oh, the Praetorian, Praetorian guard, yeah, Praetorian guard. Praetorian yeah. guards, and I walked home with that with the biggest smile on my face. That's so cool. <laughs> and I have awesome. that framed in my room. There's a, there's a core memory. The world champ kicks your ass, but you got some Funko Pops for you. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's a, it's a lose win situation. Absolutely. <laughs> well, I think that that. Yeah. And and I think you we've we've talked about, you know, Luke a couple of times. He's he's been brought up. And that's that's another one of those father son duos that we're talking about, yeah, right? Absolutely. That are they are both adults who are enjoying this hobby together. And it it's been really awesome to see them, you know, at all the different events that I've seen them playing at and you know just enjoying that time together and it's it's one of those things right as a parent you you hope you can continue to share things with your kids as they get older and and it's awesome to see the two of them 
you know, be a part of the community and do that together as well. Well, I'll share, I'll share with you a, 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 a really quick cook anecdote. And this isn't embarrassing or anything. So I'm sure Chris wouldn't mind, but we were, we were at my friend's place in, uh, in, um, Georgetown here. It's called the Hooded Goblin. And, uh, we were, we were playing and Chris and Luke were there. And I was talking to Chris and I said, uh, I said, so, um, are, are you buying all the minis and then Luke's playing them or how, how what's, what's the dynamic here? And he said, well, I was until he started winning with everything. So now if he wants a new mini, he's got to buy it. Cause I'm not going to invest in that anymore. <laughs> you should have made some money off him. It, it was, it was just, it was, it was just real. Like, again, being a dad, what a, what a dad moment. Like, Hey dad, can you, can you buy me the new hotness? No. Cause you're going to win. You want it. You buy it. <laughs> Especially if he's going to beat him with it. Right. Like. Exactly. Yeah. Chris wanted to make sure no matter what happened, he didn't bring anything into the house that he was going to get, get beat. beat by. <laughs> that should have been a rule. I'll buy you the minis, but you could not play any minis. I know I'll lose against, <laughs> but I make the lists. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Yeah, yeah, I make yeah, Chris can make the list, but Luke can play him. <laughs> that's awesome. Oh man. Well, I just want. Yeah, I think that's a. I think that's a good wrapping up point. Unless uh, you guys have anything else to say, but I want to just just say thanks again so much for your time, guys. Uh, I'll let you. Uh, I'll let you get back to your scavenging here because, uh, uh, Paul, this isn't actually the ship we want. This is just one of the checkpoints. So I think we're off in that direction. <laughs> Uh, no, thanks, guys. It, it, it was so much fun. Uh, I, I, I'll, I'll let you go and and not tell you there may be a Sith holocron on this wreckage. Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, if, I, if I find it, I'll, I'll, I'll be happy to, to to share to share the well. So you can you can Aww. just go on to your go on to your your actual <laughs> checkpoint, and I'll keep I'll keep digging here with Ethan. All right, sounds good, guys. Well, uh, Chris, Ethan, thank you so much again for taking for taking the time with us and. Uh, We'll uh, let you get back to your dig and hope to talk to you again soon. You bet, guys. Thank, Thank you, you so have much. Have a good night, guys. Take care. Thanks. Don't worry, Paul. My coordinates are dead on the money. We've uh, we've definitely got this ship to exactly what we want. And uh, those guys are probably just digging through through scrap. You know, they're from here. They they just dig through trash all day. You know, we we're gonna get the good stuff. I hope so. Because this is our ship, right? Oh, that's tiny. Uh, maybe it's bigger under the ground. Let's, uh, let's take a look, shall we? While we're digging through the, uh, refuse I'm seeing on the top of the, uh, the, uh, hatch here, and while I splice through this, we have another father-child dynamic that we can talk about today, Paul. Din and Grogu have officially come out. Well, they've been announced and shown off everything that's going to come out here in, uh, as time of release, maybe about 20 so more days as of time of release of this episode. They're coming out later this month. I don't know about you, but uh, I'm stupid excited for The Mandalorian to be hitting the table. Oh, yeah. it's it, it feels like it's been a long time since we had the end of the show, and now we're finally getting to see them on the table, which I think a lot of people were you know, hoping for. So I'm, I'm excited to see them, to see them out there and, you know, Little it, tiny Grogu out yeah. there. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> small little sculpt. <laughs> yeah, ever um, since, like, the show came out, I think everyone was just like, oh, when when do we get to play Legion with them? 
Yeah. Like, they're just so cool, and they're so much fun. When do we get to play with them? And it felt like when the, when it first kind of dropped, when the show, like, first kind of dropped, it felt like it was going to be an eternity. Absolutely. Just because, like, there was so much stuff that was still coming out that it's like, yo, we're only just now getting to, like, we're only just now getting to Rogue One stuff, or we're only just now getting to Clone Wars stuff. And it's like, yeah, we, oh, man, we're never going to get there. <laughs> yeah, it's like we have so much other stuff we're going to have to go through before we get a chance to see these guys. Uh, when are we ever going to see the Mandalorian? And now yeah. we're finally there. And yeah. it's awesome. Um, you know, ever since the um, – I was like, you know what would be really fun if we actually – you know, whenever we get to the Mandalorian, I'd love to set up some kind of uh, uh, like a like a scenario – Kind of like they're doing, eventually they're going to do that Vader down scenario where you can kind of replay an event from the comics. And we talked about like how cool it is to make these scenario events where you can kind of replay moments, like famous moments from Star Wars or kind of recreate them how you want them to. Um, I've really wanted to do that when, with the, um, the mission that Din and IG-11 go on to find Grogu. Like when it's just mm. the two of them against like the absolute squad of uh scum and villainy who are all uh man who, who have all hunted or uh hunkered down in their uh establishment to protect the prize and uh so that's and and ig11 was also announced as well who's going to release alongside ig88 in uh in their same box because they're just so similar yeah so I could, so that's something that you can kind of recreate on the board now, just in the regular game, is kind of put Din and IG-11 together and kind of get them back-to-back and doing that awesome Star Wars action we all know and love so much. So we'll just kind of touch on Din right now. He is a uh, he is a mercenary. He is a, uh, a, a merc that you can take into either the Republic, not the Republic, sorry, the Rebels, different R, and the Empire. And there are different ways that you can kit him out. Obviously, he comes with tons and tons of upgrades that you can give him. Uh, there is also, as we mentioned, a very tiny baby Grogu, arguably the smallest sculpt in this game, officially at least. And he can only go if you bring him with the Rebels, because the second that Din's finger touches tiny Grogu's finger, he's no longer working for the Empire anymore. That that, yeah. that bridge is that bridge is burned. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's 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 interesting to me that he's uh he has that empire affiliation because you know what we see of him in the show is uh real quick <laughs> yeah where he could be considered empire and then uh, he more leans towards that rebel side from then on out right like you yeah. said as soon as he touches Grogu's finger it's like well <laughs> and we're done with the empire. <laughs> So yeah, I was gonna say it's it's gonna be you're gonna see Din with the Empire a lot more than you in Legion than you ever are in the show or For anything sure. else like that. Um, so it's yeah, that's definitely gonna be a, an interesting dynamic. And we're starting and now I think with this specifically, I think with this wave, we're now coming into the realm of things that you see in the game that would have never really happened in some of the other Star Wars lore and everything. You know, like, I already kind of pushed the ballot a little hard with, uh, you know, with Ladies' Night. Like, was there ever a battle where Leia, Jin, and Sabine were all on the same battlefield? Likely 
not. Yeah. Like, lore-wise, is it possible? Technically, yes. So, I mean, there is still that that kind of rolls in there. Is there ever a is there ever a lore accurate way that Din Djarin would be fighting alongside, you know, Princess Leia with the rebels? Yeah, probably not. Right. You know, because he's a very post Galactic Civil War unit that you're now pitting with Galactic Civil War uh, armies that were kind of designed back when the Galactic Civil War was at its prime. Right. So, same same thing with Din and like. Yeah. Vader or Palpatine. Oh, like, oh exactly, because they're dead by that point, you know? Right. Would you really see that happen? I no. Mean, technically, Din probably was alive at that point, but... <laughs> right. So it's it's not very... Uh, it, we're starting to uh, go further and further from the, uh, from the narrative, you know, lore kind of uh, immersiveness that you can see from that. In any given table, I should say. I won't say in general, because obviously, you know, we're adding battle forces in there, and there's always been crazy, you know, maybe I brought my Hoth list, and you brought your Tatooine list, and like, would this battle ever happen in Star Wars? No. But, you know, and so I'm not saying, like, in general, like, we've never seen uh, not lore-accurate battles happen, you know, that's that's always existed, that's always been a thing, but... We're starting to, with with the introduction of more and more eras that are starting starting to get lumped into these uh, uh, into these kind of fact, pre-existing factions. We're gonna I think we're gonna see more and more of this kind of go away from the lore accurate battles to more of the uh, Star Wars what if I'll say yeah. Which yeah. I mean is yeah it's not and it's not bad because you can I don't think that's a terribly bad thing either because. Uh, everyone loves Star Wars. What if, even though it doesn't exist, <laughs> it's the it's the uh, show that we all want. I'd watch it. Yeah, I'd I'd, fund <laughs> it. I'd put I'd literally put money in it if I thought it would do anything. So, anyway, so Jin, uh, again, we're not gonna we're not gonna deep dive into these units relative really because they've by the time of recording, everyone's talked about them. Uh, you know, they've all been kind of out. Their stats and stuff have all been kind of out. You can go check out. You can go to your favorite list builder right now, and I guarantee you the cards are all there. Yeah. Uh, but you know, Din's got you know Arsenal two bounty. He's got his impervious armor. He'll have independent aim one and dodge one. Uh, that's scary. And then tactical one. So he's getting a name every time he moves. He's got a pistol, a knife. He's got all sorts of different upgrade icons, so you can kit him out with all the crazy stuff. You know, his Beskar staff. The jetpack, uh, his disintegrating rifle, which, oh my god, the internet broke the day the stats on that came out. Yeah. The Ambin rifle. Um, because, in, and if you haven't heard, uh, the Ambin rifle is unprecedented as far as, uh, as far as guns go. Uh, it, it is a three black melee weapon for when you're using it in melee with, the keywords immobilize to and suppressive. Uh, th- pretend that's all one weapon, and you're like, okay, that's a really cool melee weapon. Now, as a separate thing, there's also an action, or rather, I should say, a two-action action. So if you do this, it takes up your whole turn that the Ambin Rifle allows you to do. If you are not engaged, perform a speed one move, then choose an enemy unit in line of sight, Roll one red attack die, and if the result is hit or crit, the chosen unit suffers one wound and gains one suppression token. 
So to just quickly break down what that means, there or, or rather what is missing from the from a normal attack or re- what's missing from this that would s- separate it from a normal attack. Uh there is no range. You are literally just measuring line of sight. You are not rolling hits for the sake of your opponent rolling defense. You are rolling a red attack die, and if you hit or crit, automatic wound. And that's yeah. that's not pierce. You know, there's nothing like that. It's just you're taking a wound, you take a suppression. End of sentence, end of story. And we have not had a lot of... Uh, this is probably, I'd say, the most extreme case of, uh, you know, an automatic shutdown kind of rule mechan- or, uh, me- mechanic or keyword ever since Pierce, you know, which Pierce has been around since the game was always there. And Pierce is a very, uh, you don't get to do this kind of thing. But, you know, ever since then, you know, Impervious has come out. Immune Pierce has always been a thing as well. So there's been workarounds for that kind of stuff. Uh, but this is, this goes beyond that. This is now like, if I see you and I roll well enough, you take a wound. So we're starting, and, uh, you know, he had one of his command cards, uh, the Whistling Birds does a similar thing. He's got the, uh, yeah, yeah, so uh, three pip Whistling Birds, uh, Dinjar, and during his activation, he gains action, uh, choose up to three enemy units at range one and in line of sight. For each chosen unit, roll one white attack dice for each mini in that unit. That unit suffers one wound for each crit, hit, and surge result that you roll. The, again, no save. At least you're measuring range on that, and you're doing like a spray, a de- the deadliest spray attack I've ever heard of. Um, but these, yeah, the, Din is introducing mechanics that we've not seen in the game so far, where it literally just denies a step on your opponent's part, or denies them an answer or a counter. So I think that's an interesting thing that the game's starting to, uh, I don't know if it's starting as a trend, but that it's introduced, uh, kind of a shutdown, you don't get to do anything about it mechanic. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting how this specific character has multiple of those instances, right? Like wrapped in to the same character. Um, very intriguing. And it'll be interesting to see what they, what they do with that kind of design space, do they continue with that or is this limited, right? Or is this limited to his specific things? Like, you know, we don't see the, the whistling birds. We don't really see that on any other character in, right. you know, Star Wars or his disintegrating rifle. It's, we, we hear about it, but we don't see it very often. Or like in the shows and movies and things like that, you don't see disintegrations happen. You know, there's the iconic line from Vader, you know, that says no disintegrations. Um, <laughs> so we, we know it exists, but we don't see it very often. So it'll be interesting to see if other um, characters will gain some access to that or if this is one of those that will be limited to him. Personally, as a, uh, personally, as a Yu-Gi-Oh player, uh, I've, I've seen firsthand what a game looks like when the entire meta just becomes, uh, my goal is you don't get to play the game. And, yeah. uh, it sucks. <laughs> so, uh, I'm cert- I'm really hoping that this is a kind of reserve for Din kind of mechanic where I roll my attack dice and based on what I roll, you lose kind of deal. Not mm-hmm. like you lose entirely, but like 
you know, you don't get to do anything about it. You have no counter. You cannot do anything. Because, like, that's kind of what Yu-Gi-Oh! is right now. <laughs> you know, it gets it's to a point where it's like, if you're playing it in, the, in events and stuff, literally your goal is to play <coughs> as much of your game and literally stop your opponent from playing. Like, and it's not fun by any means mm-hmm. necessary. Uh, do I get, pe- do I try to get people to play Yu-Gi-Oh with me? Absolutely. Uh, but we play a much more fun version where we're playing with, you know, archetype cards and not trying to play a meta. And I don't want to see, I don't want to see Legion get to the point that Yu-Gi-Oh's at because competitive Yu-Gi-Oh is not fun at all. And I would never dream of playing in another event for that game. Mm-hmm. And I don't want Legion to become that. Uh, and if we see mechanics start to go to a point where it's deny where we're going to more mechanics that are denying your opponent the ability to play. I'm going to be worried for the competitive scene of what that's going to look like. I already know Din's going to uh, make a huge splash in the competitive scene when he comes out. I'm definitely putting, everyone's going to be excited to put him on the table. He was, he's, he was, a, he's a revolutionary star Wars icon at this point, him and his uh, beautiful little baby Yoda. Oh, for sure. Yeah, no, I, I think there's a lot of people going to play him. Um, it's interesting, you know, where he fits compared to some of the other bounty hunters. I feel like um, lots of the other bounty hunters seem to be a more, uh, like, ranged-focused unit, um, where Din has the ability to have long range, but it seems like his kit is focused on more getting up in your face. Oh, yeah, for sure. And so it'll be interesting to see, like, how he fits in with other, um, like, with other bounty hunters, right? We see a lot of, like, dual bounty hunter lists or, um, and just where he fits in with those other characters. Like, we talked about ones that maybe don't fit in lore-wise, but, you know, we're going to create that story on how they are on the battlefield together and, and fighting and all that and just... Um, be interesting to see like how that how that plays and so I, I'm excited again I, I talk about this a lot I'm excited to see what people come up with with these new characters I mean can I tell you how stupid excited I am to be playing a rebel faction and get to play uh, Din and old Boba on the table together uh, I know <laughs> it's just it's gonna be so much fun to play characters <laughs> like that together well, speaking of uh, speaking of little baby Grogu, um, he comes as an attachment uh, for Din that you can take with him, sort of like how uh, C-3PO is for R2-D2, or or even more accurately, how uh, ID-10 is for Iden. Uh, so he's a counterpart for Din Djarin, uh, only if he's a only if uh, Din is a rebel. Uh, you cannot bring him if he is uh, if he is Empire. So, uh, he gives a very cool keyword called latent power, which is at the end of your activation, you may gain one suppression token to roll one red defense dice. On a surge result, choose an enemy unit at range one of this mini, and that unit gains two suppression and two immobilized tokens. Yikes. On a blank result, you may remove a wound or a poison token from any friendly non-droid trooper unit at range one of this mini. Uh, and he provides one more health as well. Uh, and 17 points. So very small cost for a very big potential, uh, unless your red defense dice just like to roll those blocks. If you're one of those people who you have hot <laughs> blocked red defense dice, Grogu's not for you. 
<laughs> Grogu's for the rest of us who have red defense dice that only like to block uh, when we don't need it. So that I was going to say, that's a really cool way to introduce that uh, Grogu just at random, seemingly at random times, will suddenly do something super useful uh, to help to help out. Uh, however, the other famous part about Grogu is also baked into this card, which is called Hunted. Uh, when Grogu is defeated, you replace his mini with an unclaimed The Asset objective token. Grogu may, ne- may never be restored. Rip. Um, each trooper unit gains claim the act- uh, as an action, claim the asset. At the end of the game, if an enemy unit has claimed the asset objective token, that unit's controlling player gains one victory token. So every br- every game that you bring Grogu to, you're now also playing reverse bounty with your opponent. Because <laughs> yeah. your opponent's gonna be because your opponent's gonna see Grogu and very thematically be like, Oh, I want that baby. The baby you've got there, I want it. So they're gonna try and kill Din or at least make you shed the wound off of Grogu so that they can go pick him up. Which is a really scary dynamic when just like you said, Paul, Din is a very close range unit. Uh-huh. They've designed him so that he's in the fray of the enemies, you know, launching his whistling bird, shooting his flamethrower, using his Beskar uh, spear. And he's a deadly force up close, but uh, you're also, and uh, my rebel heart is happy when I hear, when I say this, you're gambling a lot <laughs> by bringing Grogu to that, to that, for, to that matchup. Because as soon as, uh, as soon as things start to go sour and uh, Grogu's token hits, or uh, Grogu's asset token hits the table, now you're playing another game because now you're trying to keep your opponent from picking him up. Uh, you can pick him up and you can run, you know, rebel troopers can run, grab him up and, you know, run back to your deployment. Although, unfortunately, you picking him up doesn't give you any points. It's only if your opponent gets them that they get points. Mm-hmm. So that's a scary game to play. Yeah, it's really interesting. Like you said, it kind of it lends itself to the rebel theme there, right? Like that that risk reward. Do you take Grogu in there with you and give you that boost on Din and potentially, man, if you roll that surge and just immobilize like another like a force user or something like that, and they're just stuck and can't do anything to fight you while you just keep fighting other things, um, like it could be crazy, right? And it could feel really powerful. Um, but then on the other hand, you could just lose Grogu and then give up a point. Like, yeah. do you want to even play that game? I, you know, I think some, <laughs> I think some people are not, some people are not going to even risk it. And other people are going to be like, I have to have Grogu on the table. <laughs> like, some people are going to leave Grogu in the ship. Yeah. They'd be like, here's your ball. Like, please go, <laughs> go back to the ship. <laughs> here. Uh, although another, if you're on the fence about it so far, another reason to bring Grogu is Grogu has his own command card. So he comes with a command, a two pip command card called the hand thing. Uh, it does not give any orders out and this card cannot be selected during the command phase. But when a friendly unit at range one and in line of sight of Grogu is declared as the defender of a ranged attack, you may discard this card from your hand. And if you do, the defending unit gains two dodge tokens and gains deflect during this attack, which, who boy, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, that is a really uh, nifty hand thing. So uh, bringing Grogu will also 
not only provide Din with a little bit extra health, and I say a little bit, not just meaning specifically one, because you could roll those heals and just keep Din alive on those heal rolls if you're doing that. But you're also going to bring him one super, one, one time super awesome defense where he's going to get two dodge tokens and deflect. That's big. Oh yeah, that could be huge. Like so many different, you know, applications for that card. Because it doesn't even have to be them, right? Like it can, it says any unit, yeah, any friendly unit at range one, right, and in line of sight. So, so you, you could, could have be your per- uh, bo- your box carrier could be absolutely, next to it. yeah, and they can and they can benefit from that. Imagine your rebel core, your naked rebel core with the box having two dodge tokens and deflect for one attack. They're safe. Yeah. <laughs> well, especially, yeah, on those Rebel Troopers like you just talked about, right? Because they also have Nimble, right? So yep. Imagine that. Uh, it, it made me sad to know, to see that Din doesn't have Nimble, but, like, how much how much more busted do we need to make this guy? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> how yeah. How much more I mean, stuff do we have to give him? He's, he's already pretty badass. <laughs> the independent aim and dodge is pretty strong, and then tactical on top of that, man, yeah, I'm, he is. Sabine spoils me. Yes, Sabine. Sabine <laughs> Nimble is. Mandalorian armor uh, spoils me. <laughs> yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. It'll be fun to to see some some new stuff. You uh, you thinking about a, a Din and uh, Sabine list already? Uh, I am <laughs> because uh, because they both play the play style of hey, see your opponent over there. What if we speed three, jump two, went over there, turn two, and just messed up their line before they even knew what the center looked like? <laughs> yeah, I I mean that's a really interesting, you know, and both of them, you know, if you give her the dark saber and him like his beskar spear, like they could be some melee threats or they can just shoot you with a little bit of range. Yeah. Like there's a there's a lot of interesting stuff uh you know going on with those two units and the speed. Oh man, I love speed 3 units. It's so much fun speed to just three. fly around the board. Jump 2 is my favorite keyword in the game. Change my mind. Oh, no, I and don't know that there three. is. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean like and especially like when I play Ladies Night or something, Sabine is usually like half a force user or 3 fourths of a force user. So when my opponent's like, "Hey, I'm rolling in with Vader or hey, I'm rolling in with Luke Skywalker." It's like I know for a, or Maul even it's like I know for a fact I'm not meant to take you. I'm just going to go slow you down and hope that you're weak enough by the time you crash into the rest of my line that the rest of my line can stop you. But if I run Sabine and Din and run them both at your one force user, now I have a pretty decent chance of stopping you because these are each you know 75% of a of a force user. Now I've got what one and a half force users against your one force user. So now I've got a shot. Yeah. I could actually stop you and then continue to mess up your line, and that's odds I like. I'm willing to take those odds. I like those odds, as Din would say on his two-pip command card. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I guess we'll also just briefly touch on the uh, the IG units, the IG boys, because they're both coming together as well as part of this wave. IG-88 from the classic, uh, you know, Empire Strikes Back, uh, Galactic Civil War era, who will be able to be taken in just the Empire with his armor and arsenal. Armor 1, Arsenal 2, Bounty, Impervious, because he's got Mando armor too, I guess. And Sharpshooter. Or Sharpshooter 1, I should say. And uh, a range 3 gun and a range 4 gun and Surge Crit. He uh, he seems scary. 
He's about as scary as I would hope IG-88 would be. Yeah. Uh, and then IG-11 is similar. He's got Armor 1. He's got Gunslinger instead of Arsenal. He's also got Impervious. He's got Programming, which we can talk about in a minute. And then he's also got Sharpshooter 1. And he only surges Hit. And he's also got a Range 3 and a Range 4 option, but they're just a little different. So these guys are... These guys serve similar roles, and they're and they're uh, cards uh, that offer that, that 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 they bring to the table, both that they can both bring and that they can separately bring, uh, play to their un- their similar but unique play styles. Because uh, you know one of them has arsenal, one of them has sharpshooter. I mean, one of them has gunslinger. Uh, th- there's little differences there, but then I kind of think like that there's a little bit of an underlying this. Guy serves to do this. This one serves to do that. Uh, would you agree with that, Paul? Yeah, yeah. It's it's very interesting. The you know, the, just the minor things that make these different IG units fill potentially fill a different role, um, and so even the potential of right running them side by side. And they, yeah, and you each, can do that each might serve a different purpose, right? Like even though. They are both IG units. Because IG-11, uh, as I as I should mention, actually, can both be run in Empire and Rebel, similar to how Din can be run that way as well. So you can run, um, you could run, and I know people are going to do this, yeah, run IG-11 and IG-88 together in an Empire list. Yeah. And, uh, I think that sounds hilarious and awesome. I love uh, Robo Bros. Uh, so that'll that's going to be lots of fun. Um, yeah, what are these CIS players going to do when we <laughs> have IG-88, IG-11, and then, you know, the the Dark Troopers? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> the Dude, robots versus robots. <laughs> dark Troopers are going to be so good. Well, maybe you might have to start bringing your, uh, some kind of ion grenades on your droids. <laughs> uh, right, right. <laughs> yeah, bringing, that, I mean, uh, bringing ion weapons. <laughs> Well, and that's, I mean, that's, that's fair too, like with this, right? Is we have two very strong, um, droid troopers here that mm-hmm. are getting added into the mix. Does that, does that make somebody revisit Ion how many, a little bit more? Like, how many scary droids do we need to get introduced into the game before Ion is, is considered again? Yeah. Yeah, really well, people thought when droids were first introduced, when Galactic or when the Clone Wars came out, people were even I kind of thought like, is it time to look at Ion now? Do we start considering Ion now because uh, droids are a whole faction that you can stop now with Ion? And it's still very situational, I think, because you can prepare for Ion and then you're going to come up against a clone ball and then you've got nothing. Now you're not right. doing anything with that. But now, and you, or you can play against Empire, and if you're, and, and if your opponent didn't bring a walker, what are you doing? You know, but now, you're almost definitely gonna see these IG units when they hit the table for the first time, so, I think maybe, if for bare minimum nothing else, if you wanted an answer for them, if you're having trouble with the IGs as they first splash onto the table and make that, you know, known, unknown kind of, uh, impact that they, that new things naturally do on the game, you may consider wanting to bring, like, one source of ion or one thing that can maybe slow a droid down uh, if you're just wanting to, you know, kind of keep your distance on those guys specifically. And now that those are being introduced in both Rebels and Empire and uh, with, with the addition of Dark Troopers down the line as well, you're definitely now seeing droid troopers come into more of a spotlight in different factions other than just the Separatists. 
So now you have more of a chance that your ion might might come into play. So yeah, yeah the the uh, the six ion list will be coming from Paul very soon, and we'll let you uh, <laughs> let you know what uh well you know what that looks like when he's uh, when he's done. Oh man, yeah, I uh, always trying to find a way to get that ion. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, uh, but these two units, I mean, they they look good. I like the subtle differences in some of their you know keywords and weapons. Um, you know, the, the two units have the E11 blaster and the DLT, and I like how the dice are the same on each of those weapons. Mm-hmm. But then some of the keywords are a little bit different to make these units play just a little differently um, from yeah. one another. Like, you know, I like seeing that IG-11 has the more, you know, he has a four red overpower, like, melee attack, but no arsenal, right? So that's, like, you're in there, that's the only thing you're using, whereas IG-88 has that um, versatile E-11 blaster and then Arsenal 2 with its uh, arguably, I mean, I shouldn't even say arguably, but, like, little weaker attack in melee, but you can still do something else right and shoot yeah. out of combat with that arsenal too um and just seeing you know ig88 probably doesn't want to be in combat you know as much as like if ig11 gets in there you're like oh all right whatever um but ig88 still going to be a nuisance in there too right so right but it's, it's interesting it's interesting to see just like the slight variations on these and arsenal 2 compared to gunslinger and what that means you do with the unit, right? IG-88 with Arsenal 2, I mean, if you're at range 3, you're throwing 3 white, 3 black. Like, that's a big dice pool with Sharpshooter 1, Surge to Crit. That's nice. Mm-hmm. Whereas IG-11, right, you're you're shooting the same, let's say, range 3 or range 4, but you have Gunslinger, which is nice. You still have that Sharpshooter 1, but your die pool is maxing out at three dice. So right. you know, if you're shooting at range four, you're shooting, you know, two black and a white, or if you want that pierce at range three. So IG-88 can still be that big hitter that we've seen from some other bounty hunters, like, you know, like a Bosque or, or things like that at range. Whereas IG-11, I feel like, is going to see more, like, cleanup duty. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, I can see that. So it's just interesting how like what they might what role they might fill in in your list. And of course the like for IG11, right, depending on what faction it's in, are you in Empire with double bounty or you know, are you um taking that extra the other programming, the nanny programming and which I was just going to go to, and, and as as I bring that up, I do want to make a correction, unless I'm mistaken. I think you can still bring Grogu with Empire Din. I think I made a mistake there earlier in saying that you couldn't, because as I look at Grogu's card, there's nothing that says that you can't bring him with Empire Din. So if you're playing Din on the Empire, I think you can still have Grogu... And I think maybe that's that, you know, he's maybe maybe thematically he's still in his, oh, should I bring him in? I have him now. Should I bring him in kind of mindset? I think where I was getting slipped up was on the nanny programming. Uh, it's 
for IG-11 only, but only on the Rebel side, and he gains, uh, and, and if Grogu's there, he gains counterpart with IG-11. I think that's where I was getting mixed up with the Rebel only thing, because sure. only IG-11 can have Grogu if he's playing for the Rebels. I think Din can have him either way. So I think, yeah, I, I, yeah, I think I made a mistake on that one, so I apologize. It's uh, interesting too, right? The, um, the, the programming, right? Cause you can, yeah. IG-11 can be rebel and still take the bounding programming. Yep. Which is the scary one. Right. So, but yeah, but the nanny programming is limited to the rebel. So it's giving, mm-hmm. again, it's giving some interesting choices, right? On like which faction and, yes. you know, with all of these bounty hunters, right? Being able to be cross faction and things like that, it really opens it's up awesome. some, some different play styles, like you can run a double bounty rebel list. Like, isn't that, that's like it's, it's crazy. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's crazy to think about like double bounty rebels. Uh, you know, that's just not what we would think when we, you know, heard double bounty early on in in the game. Oh yeah, and uh, the fact that you can run it in multiple. There's multiple factions that can run double bounty now. Is also a new thing, and that's pretty pretty awesome. Yeah, we're getting rebel. We're, we're getting bounty for the rebels for the first time, and now we're able to take it double immediately. Right. Yeah, <laughs> and, and it's interesting. Yeah, and I and I like that. Um, you know, you can take you have Din, right? But you can also do this IG eleven build with Grogu if you wanted to, and not have Din in there, and then you could potentially have this kind of like support. IG-11 um, with Grogu on it that could sit at the back of your army, right? And just, like, shoot yeah. at range 3 and range 4 and stay out of combat like Din wants to do um, and try to use Grogu as more of this, like, support healing yeah. um, unit in the back while IG-11 is just, you know, putting some pot shots down range and you know, killing a unit here or there, you know, putting double suppression on things. Um, yeah, so just interesting. Yeah, I think there's a lot of cool play that's going to be available with that. Just to touch on what these programs are real quick. So IG-88, you do not need programming on. Uh, but IG-11 does have, I mean, let me actually, let me verify that real quick just before I start talking too much. Okay, yeah, no, IG-88 doesn't have any uh, programming no, slot. Yeah. No, no AI slot. But uh, IG-11 does, and you can either give him bounty programming uh, or nanny programming. However, nanny programming is only available to Rebels. So if you're running him in the Empire, he has to have bounty. Uh, But if you're running him in Rebels, you have an option. Bounty programming is, uh, these are both IG-11 only, so don't think that your snail tank is getting nanny programming or (laughs) bounty programming. You are not that fortunate. Uh, Bounty programming is uh, giving him bounty, obviously. He gains AI aim and attack. If you choose a commander as the target of bounty, your all your weapons gain pierce one. If you choose an operative as the target of your bounty, all your weapons gain suppressive. Which uh that's awesome. Because IG Eleven yeah. has lots of weapons at his disposal, one of which already has pierce, and now you're adding pierce one to all of those. So now melee has pierce one, which makes it just completely better than IG eighty eight's melee. His range four gun has Pierce one now, and his range three gun now has Pierce two. And which, then uh, all of this is with Gunslinger and, and Sharpshooter one. And all of this is Gunslinger one. and Sharpshooter one, yeah. Yeah. 
So now imagine shooting a, it's almost like Han Solo over here with the, you get a range three or, or Cassian or something like a range three pierce two sharpshooter one shot that's going into, oh, that's scary. Yeah. That, Thankfully a, the dice aren't that terrifying looking on it. It's just a black and two whites on that attack, but I mean, still. Yeah. And for like five, five point program. That's five upgrade. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a 110 point IG 11. Like honestly, you like you wouldn't even need any other upgrades on there if you didn't want to. 110 no, yeah. points and just choosing a, you know, a, a commander unit as the bounty target with all that pierce. Yeah. Or even depending on what you're playing against, maybe you want that suppression and just try to like slow stuff down with that gunslinger being able to throw at double suppression on two different units every shot. Oh, the suppressive in the empire. Oh, oh, oh. yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's some, there's some scary stuff with that. And I like that you, you get this interesting bonus after the game, right? So you have this list building option and then you sit down at the table and you throw it out there and you're like, huh, what, what's going to be more beneficial for me here? Yeah. Am I, am I playing against a clone ball that, you know, shares a lot of surge tokens and I'm, is going to have all this like good defensive roles? Maybe I go for the extra pierce on that one. Or am I playing droids who aren't going to care about suppression? Right. Or, or am I playing rebels who, Maybe I don't really need the pierce because they, they're they not going to block statistically as much, right? So maybe I do take the suppressive and just be a little more disruptive with mm-hmm. with that. Um, yeah. yeah, it's just, it's it's really interesting. It lets you kind of counterplay or um, play to a certain strategy when you sit down at the table and figure out what you're doing. Reactive um, playing. Yeah. It's, it's, I love it. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, the, the kind of space that it has for IG-11. I like it. And nanny programming, just as a quick one, is zero points. Uh, it's IG-11 and Rebel only. While building an army, Grogu gains counterpart of IG-11. So now Grogu can go on IG-11 like we were talking about. And IG-11 gains AI dodge move. And that's yeah. it. So and, and, it's, and, it's basically and, just to give him Grogu. Right, right. And it's it's worth mentioning again, I think, that you are required to take one of these two. Yep. You can't just run IG-11 without one. So you will have to pick, or are you taking this Bounty Hunter IG-11, or are you taking the Nanny IG-11? Which I think they made him cheaper with that in mind. Yeah, they made him five points cheaper than IG-11, or IG-88 with that in mind, because IG-88 is 110 and IG-11 is 105. So bare minimum, you're paying... Well, bare minimum, you could pay zero, but you you would be paying five points, ideally, on, like, an Empire version uh, to bring him up to 110, which would then make him equivalent to each other, which I think right. that's, that's that's factored in. I think that's cool. Yeah, because, I mean, essentially, they're the same thing, right? Supposedly. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's interesting how they um, are so close, right, in points in some of the different things that they can do. But yet there's these subtle differences that um, for those who've played other games, right, you see all the different IG units and how they're just slightly different than the other one. You know, their counterparts, it's here. We will see multiple IG units, but each one will do something just a little bit different. And I like I like that we have these two options right away, you know, with the same model, different cards and 
can do some different things. Not to mention uh, IG-11 has, and, I, and we're not going to go through all the command cards, but I did want to mention this one. Yes, for those of you wondering, IG-11 can explode, can kill, can kill himself upon uh, to to deny uh, being captured. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, there's a three-pip command card that uh, if you're, if you're building a command hit, actually, if you're playing IG-11, I believe this card must be included. Let me double check that. When building yep, a command hand, if your be. army includes IG-11, this card must be included. Yep, so if you're bringing IG-11, another cost you're paying is this is one of your three pip cards. Not that that's yeah. necessarily that bad of a deal, especially maybe if you have a contingency commander, that might not be the end of the world. Um, but it's, as IG, at the end of IG-11's activation, if he has three or more wounds, he performs an attack with the following weapon. Uh, when the turn you play this, like you're not locked into this, you can play this whenever or choose not to, but right. uh, you can play this card and he has a detonate attack so that he blasts everything. I think it's range one of him. Uh, uh, I got I got confused the first time I saw this card and I thought it was a melee attack because I thought the symbol was the melee symbol and I was like, this card is so stupid <laughs> because it it yeah. one in melee and it doesn't even kill him. And I was and someone corrected it for me. They were like, this is a this is the self-destruct icon, and I was like, oh, okay. That's much better. Yeah. Uh, three red, two black, blast, impact three, and suppressive, which uh, that's a nasty, nasty attack. So don't be standing near IG-11 once he gets too wounded. No, it's, yeah, that's a it's a very strong uh, explosion, <laughs> self-destruct explosion. And even better, Paul, if you bring if you bring him with bounty programming, and you give him and you designate a commander as his bounty target. Guess what? This blast attack, the self destruct attack, also gets Pierce one. Yeah, or if you take, uh, oh, well, it already, it already has, suppressive. has suppressive, right? Yeah, yeah. It already does. But yeah, so I mean, that's a yeah. that's a scary. Uh, we get more scary self destructing things. <laughs> yeah, it's, that that is very scary. I will say not not to go over like you said every card that's in here, but I like how some of the um, some of the command cards that come in here can be used with either of the IG units. Mm-hmm. Um, so Machine some of them are for killing, right? Yeah, for some of them are specific to each of them, but then there's some crossover as well. Um, yep, and, and it's it's cool to see the different cards that they came out with with these characters too. So again, I encourage people to go look them up there on on the sites, you know. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, the last thing that we'll do, and then we'll uh, pre- we'll probably call it quits here, because uh, as I'm looking through this and I'm double checking with the coordinates of what I was given, I'm starting to think that we've been duped, because I'm not finding any of the any of the stuff that's listed in here. So I might uh, we might circle back and just see if Chris and uh, and Ethan found anything good. Maybe yeah. we'll, we'll keep that a secret, but then we didn't find anything. Don't tell them. But um. Last thing that we'll rope through here real quick, for those of you uh, playing at home, looking at the command cards for each of these new units, uh, we love to, Paul. The community has always loved the absolute 100% is confirmed rule that if you see it in command card art, it is coming to the game. <laughs> yes. And we have some, and we have a little couple hidden secrets in this one. So uh, I'll begin with the most important one. In the hand thing... Yeah, that's right. In the hand thing, in the background, you can see a downed, injured Din Djarin. So Din Djarin's confirmed. He's going to be in the game. Uh, then next up, 
What, you didn't like that? I thought it was funny. I liked it. No, it was good. I, I liked it. You this. laughed off screen. You muted. I'm going to pretend you muted to laugh. That's how bad it was. <laughs> uh, IG-88, in the back of his uh, independent programming card, is a hut. I can't tell if it's Zero the hut or if it's some other hut, but there's a hut there. Might I don't yep. I, I don't know if it's going to be a playable. I mean, I've... It would be really funny to see a uh, immobile, like the FD turret k- uh, keyword, where it just can't move, and put in a uh, put in a commander Jabba or or a commander generic hut of some kind for a scum faction. I think that'd be funny. Or even they're just like slow moving floating platform <laughs> that they're like oh yeah on. <laughs> hovering around. Uh, so that could be fun. So maybe maybe we have a hut confirmed. I like it. And then the most important one, I think, uh, on his one pip, on IG-88's one pip focused on the kill, there's IG-88, there's Darth Vader, there's Bosk. This is amazing. All these characters are confirmed. I, I'm, I'm astounded. Uh, but we also, in the back, have Dengar. Yeah. So Dengar, maybe next bounty hunter on the horizon for the, for the Galactic Civil, for Empire, I should say. Ooh, ooh, I know there'd be a lot of people out there that'd be very excited to see that. Oh, I, yeah, I personally know them. <laughs> uh, Are you I'm waiting. Them? <laughs> well, not as much as say like my buddy Josh is. Josh uh, Dengar is like one of his favorite uh, Star Wars characters from all the like the Legends lore and stuff that he loves about him. So he's uh like when he came to the Battlefront two game, he was like so excited. He was just like, oh my god, I'm gonna play Dengar like every time now. <laughs> So I know he's excited for Dengar to hit the table as well. So we have that to look forward to. And one day when I get to run a uh, a absolutely bonkers Empire list where I get to just run nothing but the Bounty Hunters and no other units, when I get to run the whole Empire Strikes Back lineup. <laughs> oh, that'll be so much fun. The, yeah. the bounty competition. <laughs> yep, I can't. I can't. I personally can't wait just because I want to see how they put the two of them in the game together as Forlom and Zuckus. I really yeah, want to see see how, if they do counterpart shenanigans. Yeah, like what they if they make a unit of bounty hunters where it's like the two of them together in a unit. And yeah, yeah I'm very interested. Yeah, I'm very interested to see like what they they can do. But I know that there are. A lot of people who are very excited to finally see IG88 in, yeah. um, you know, adding adding Din in the game and Grogu, uh, you know, a ton of people who, you know, have watched the show and have been, you know, s- been super hyped as that, you know, we went through that uh, all together and being able to play with those models is going to be so much fun. So, yeah, I'm excited. All right. Well, I think that's a good place to call it there, Paul. Um, we, we've appropriately gone over the time we told ourselves we would do, but, um, you know, it wouldn't be dice time without it. Absolutely not. (laughs) And it wouldn't be dice time if we didn't walk away from this whole venture, uh, with less credits than we began with. Yeah. I was going to say empty handed, worse (laughs) for wear, full of sand. Thank you so much for bringing me here again. Well, thank you (laughs) for, for joining us on this adventure. So I guess until until uh, next month rears its uh, rears its ugly head, we will uh, be seeing you all. We're gonna have we'll have hopefully some events I, I plan to go to within the next month, 
that uh, hopefully we can talk about next time, and we'll see what other crazy Legion things are being announced or that are talked about uh, that we can bring you next month. But until then, thanks everyone for joining us. Uh, hope you all had a dice time with us today. I'm Ben Jetron. I'm Paul Austin. Go out and make today even better and sandier. Have a good night.